0: Life Audio.
1: So today we wanted to talk about something different. We want to talk about relapse. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do
0: you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Hey. Time that again.
2: Hey your rhythm is impeccable, dude.
1: My rhythm's impeccable. My flow was nice. I don't can't remember. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not him. But hey, welcome back. Welcome back. We just had two weeks worth, two episodes back to back about manhood. What'd you think? It was I'm good, sure, man. It I'm was sh- good. I'm sure all the women were excited about these last two about episodes. About manhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today we wanted to talk about something different. We want to talk about relapse. And if it's not something that you're familiar with, maybe you listen to this uh, in drugs or alcohol or whatever is not really your your thing. You just Maybe a loved one is. Or maybe you just enjoy Ryan Chittister's face and his words. And you like listening to us. But what about um, instead of relapse, you just think of, man, I messed up. I messed up, I I did it again, I I screwed up, there's shame and guilt, Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today, and really kind of, maybe biblically, how to approach that, maybe some warning signs, or how to deal with shame and guilt, or um, learning from it, you know, those kind of things, I think it'd be good, Uh, we've definitely discussed relapse on here before, but um, man, relapse is such a part of recovery, and that's such a cliche thing to say. But it really is. It is. I mean, I didn't nail it my first time. You didn't nail didn't it your either. first time. Um, and I think it's probably definitely, definitely not probably. It is definitely the exception if someone stops using and never uses again for the first time. You know. Yeah. Um, the rule would be, man. It takes a little bit. It takes a few relapses. Takes this and takes that. And by God's grace, we're not dead. Hmm. Um, And so, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about. I think relapse um, rates for substance use disorder range from 40% to 60% within the first year of recovery. Over long-term, approximately 85% of individuals with an addiction to alcohol, opioids, or other drugs experience at least one relapse. Okay, there you go. Hey, producer Jorian's getting on his game, bro. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's like a few weeks in a row. He's kept me in line. He's shown me things. He's pulling stuff up on Google He's uh he's reminding me about commercials. Producer Jorian is on his
0: game. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, hey, before we do that, just a, more housekeeping. We want to put this stuff in front of you and keep it in front of you because it's important. Please like and share and hit the notification bell. Uh, it really helps us out. It gets the word out. It puts us more in an algorithm to maybe reach more people that need to help us or need to. Hear about us. Hear, hear us, not mm-hmm. help us. Help us, too. Yeah. Help us, too, baby. Yeah. Uh, but even just right now, that bell is right there on your phone, or that subscribe yeah. is right there, and just, just, just click it. It's over. <laughs> it doesn't show up nowhere. People don't see, oh, Chittister just subscribed to that Life After Addiction podcast. It just doesn't show up like that, and it really helps us out. It lets YouTube know that we're doing a good job. And so please help us out with that. Also, um, we have the new merch, the new shirt. Chittas wearing it again. You've seen the commercial. I'm not going to show it. Go to s2l.net. The link will be in the subscription. And lastly, we have a benefit concert with Ben Fuller, Travis Ryan, and One Common. Uh, that's coming up at the end of August, August 31st, which is International Overdose Awareness Day. Um, and, man, that is this is the biggest fundraiser that we've ever done, one of the most passionate things I, I've, I've felt about this because we're out of space. Uh, beds are full, having to turn people away, we need more space. We believe God's called us to build a facility, and we can't do it on our own. We need you. So help us out. Go check out that link in the the description as well. Uh, If you live too far away from Middle Tennessee and you can't make the concert, still just go and and register, maybe donate, uh, because there will be an online auction as well. Cool stuff coming. It's going to a good cause. I mentioned last week, but one of the coolest auction items so far I think is uh, a free or – We were donated a week stay at a really cool house in Breckenridge, uh, which is a nice ski town, ski resort area. So go do that. Um, Anything else? Am I forgetting anything?
2: Alumni Weekend, August 31st through September 3rd. You can register, um, info at springtolife.net. Email us there, and we'll get you the link to register. So we'd love to see any and all of you guys. If you want to bring your wives and kids, you're more than welcome. Um, But the first uh, 20 individual former alumni guys uh we're gonna rent an airbnb for you guys to stay at so the first 20 that register um can stay at that airbnb for free and that
1: might be full by now i think there is more than 20 people registered but i don't know if half of them actually need lodging because they're coming with space right. or something but if you do register your tickets are free to the concert don't bother in doing that unless you want to go buy them and give them to people Um, let's dive in. Yeah. You ready? I am. Relapse. So,
2: relapse. Man, there's so many different angles that that we can go with this. Um the first for me, and I just think back to my time in addiction and how many relapses I had and, you know, continuing to do the same thing. Uh for me, I think honesty with myself. I think it's so easy to lie to myself. Yeah about where I'm at, because by the time you get to the point of actively using again and engaging back in your addiction, there's been many significant signs prior to that moment where it actually comes to fruition. Um, and for me, you know, I think about just leaving S2L for the first time. For those listeners and our audience who doesn't know, I went through S2L three times. I'm a stubborn, hard-headed mule. I like doing things my way, the way I want to do it when I want to do it. And it always got Three me the same, a always got me the same result. But when I think back to leaving the first time, as real as it was that God, um, man, I had encountered God. Um, I had, you know, found my relationship with the Lord. I was growing in that relationship. There was still a part of me that wasn't to, ready to submit everything to the Lord. There were certain things I wanted to keep to myself. And this sounds crazy when I say it out loud, but it was real when I was experiencing it was I had convinced myself that I could still drink on occasion and get high on occasion, and it would never get as bad as it was because I now have God. Now, that sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud. And why would you even desire to serve two masters? Well, I don't have, you know, an answer really for that, but that's just where I was um, at that time. I still had selfish desires that I, you know, wanted to, to maintain or wanted to continue to do. And so I remember thinking in the program before I left, like, man, I can still drink and get high on occasion because it'll never get as bad as it once did. Right. And so the relapse for me started two months before it actually came to fruition. And
1: it also showed you your heart. It did. Your desires. It did. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So I left the program and I don't know, maybe it was I don't remember the exact time frame, a month or two before um, I decided to meet up with a couple buddies and go to a sports bar and have a few beers. And, you know, um, I realized now um, I was only going to have a few beers so that I could take away. The conscious part of like man i shouldn't really get high and then you get the i don't care attitude once you you know get a little tipsy and have a few drinks in you and then i'm gonna go get what i really want and that's right. the drugs that's the heroin that's the whatever drug of choice that yours is and so that's what i was doing you know i had made the decision to get high months before it actually came to fruition yeah. in my heart that like man i can still i left the door of sin the door of opportunity open. And at some point, if you leave that door of sin, that door of opportunity open, it's only a matter of time until you walk through it. So you have to be honest with yourself and be vocal about where you are. You know, that's not something, um, I was openly going to tell anybody that, man, you know what guys, um, I was thinking about it and I can still drink and get high on occasion. Cause I don't think it'll get as bad as it once was. Yeah, It would have been helpful for me to share that, you know, and have some men speak truth into my life. Now, would that have prevented me from doing it? No, I have free will. I can still do as I please. But having godly men, uh, you know, pour into my life, speak into that area of life, be praying over that with me, um, could have helped me tremendously rather than me just, you know, succumbing to my own thoughts and my own motives and agenda and uh, eventually that coming to fruition over time.
1: Yeah, and, and and I I said that part about desire of your heart. That's the reason you didn't say anything to any godly men's because you wanted to do it. Yep. And you knew if you said something, they would say that your brain broke. Don't think like that. That's a stupid decision. Yeah. That's a stupid. And you didn't want to hear that. Yeah. And I guess I think we need a break down. Let's let's do this. <laughs> How much trouble you want to get in? Five emails
2: you you take the lead
1: five emails you take the lead i 'll give you three i 'll take you three. get
2: the emails i don't get them i 'll well, so send I'm them 'm cool i
1: 'll send them to you i don't get them i 'll send them to you though i uh maybe my, my trash box gets them but So, there is a difference and we got to define terms um, even even sobriety terms there, we like to say freedom and the difference between sobriety and freedom is sobriety is i'm not doing in my opinion that's not the definition of Websters, right. so don't pull it up. I appreciate it. Though. Oh, you look at it, dude. he's on it. <laughs> this is adam's definition of sobriety not we not, not webster's um, the sobriety would be for me. it was I was not doing the drug that I wanted to do keyword I was not doing the drug that I wanted to do, I was resisting I was sober because of the consequences of what would happen. I knew my family would be gone. I knew legal troubles would come. I knew financial troubles would be there. So I was resisting doing the drug that I really wanted to do because of the consequences of what that was. That's my definition of sobriety Mm -hmm. freedom. I don't want to do the drug anymore. Mm -hmm. That's freedom. Yeah. Um, that's what happens when the desires of your heart are changed, when you delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart that your desires change. I no longer want to do that. I want to do this, right? So there's there's some defining terms. And then also the diff, there's a difference in what relapse looks like to us as a Christ-centered place, what we're going to tell a guy if he relapses and what the secular 12-step situation does. And one is filled with shame and um, failure, and one is filled with grace and compassion Mm -hmm. and pressing on and encouragement. Now, when you would relapse, uh, when I would relapse at the secular places, I would march myself back into the meeting or back in front of the group and I had got let's say ninety days a red chip or whatever the colors were of the chips, and I was so celebrating. Man, I got ninety days. Here's my red chip. I got a year. Here's my whatever color chip. Here's the, I gotta go get the. I got these green chips, and your first day is a white chip. And when you relapse in this situation, you go. All of those chips are just meaningless, and you have to. Here I got my white chip the day guys, this is day one. There is shame filled there. There is no sense of accomplishment, all of the 12 months that you had and the things that you did is just kind of gone. No one wants to hear you at the meetings because you got the white chip to where. And what we would say is, no, the Apostle Paul says that I do not look uh, backwards uh, at the things in the past. I press on towards the goal to the upper call of Christ Jesus. And we would say in that thing of God changing your heart's desires, you still can have a relapse. You still can mess up. You still can sin right? You could still chase that idol. You Mm -hmm. could still subdue, you could still succumb to the pressure of that idol that it's, that you danced with before and it always brought pain. You could still have those moments of, of, of weakness, but we don't say, Hey, all right, come back to your church. Here's your white chip. Show everybody you're a failure. You had six months walking with the Lord and everything, but you're a failure now. Show your white chip. No, we say, like we said, we say, Hey man, that was sinful. You need to repent. Repent to the holy God. You didn't sin against me. You sinned against God. Repent that you chased after a bootleg pleasure other than the promises of and the glory of God. Repent to God of that and then you turn from it and you press on. You press on, man. You put boundaries up because, yeah, you messed up. You don't want to do that. If you are a true believer and your heart's desires have changed, you hate that. That is like Vomit. You don't return to that. You just, it disgusts you. So what do you do with something that disgusts you? You don't ever want to do it again. You put situations up around yourself. Hey man, I know that when I did this or when the pressure hit here or when the wife said this or when this situation happened, whatever it is, you're smart. You can, there's, I think we're talking about it. You know the arrows that are going to come at you now. You're fresh into it. Mm -hmm. So you're taking action. You're repenting. You're turning. But now you're going to put boundaries up. Your wife's going to have your phone. Your boy's going to have your phone. Um, whatever situation, that let it, I mean, you're going to have boundaries put up, and you're going to allow people into your life to help hold those boundaries if you're being real, if you're not playing games, right? So defining those terms, I will say this. Don't hear this. Gosh, and if you hear it this way, you are manipulating, and I want you to check your heart right now. Don't hear this as in, man, that's a pass to relapse. Man. Yeah. I can just press on, you know. I don't get. I get a white chip. I could just if that is if you are hearing that thought come in, rebuke it and send it back to the pits of hell because that is manipulation and that is not a true heart of someone that doesn't desire that. That being said, a relapse, one relapse, and this isn't fear mongering. This is the truth, especially today. I was at a I was on an abatement an opioid abatement council meeting last night. Uh, with Cannon County, and they had a guest speaker. I want to get this right. It was said the data that he had was four out of ten pills bought on the street had fentanyl in them. This Mm. is the DEA report. Yeah. That was old data. He said today, and I don't have this handout because it's new, it's, it's thought now, DEA, not just like the, you know, the, The Herald Post paper, the Drug Enforcement Agency agency put this report out. Eight out of ten pills purchased on the street have fentanyl in them. Oh, yeah. So a relapse, literally a relapse can kill you, man. Not fear-mongering, truth. Truth. So before you just start to play with that temptation, you need to know that this thing, I know you trust that dude, or it looks really good, it looks just like it is. It can kill you, and it is. It is killing people. Be careful, man. A relapse can have, so I'm not trying to, I took a lot of the sting of the relapse out when I talked about a biblical worldview and how we view it because that's how God sees it, and there's grace and all that. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to let you know how serious it is as well. There is real consequences. By the grace of God, maybe you survive it. By the grace of God, maybe you don't wreck your family because you've promised them and they've seen six months of you doing it. By the grace of God, maybe you can just move right back in and just march forward. But there are real consequences and your life could be one of them. Careful when you're having these thoughts, man. Reach out. Do these things. Be strong. Be courageous.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, to all that. Something for me, and I'll go back to what I was talking about, you know, um, whenever I did relapse and I went back to, you know, my old ways of living, praise God for conviction because it was never the same. Yeah. It was never the same. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its way ends in death. And it's so true, man. My ways were going to end in death, but praise God for conviction. And it was empowering. It was empowering. Not only um, did it hurt my heart because I was sinning against the holy God like you talked about, but it's because, man, I knew that's not who I was anymore. I wasn't a product of my sin. I wasn't defined by my sin. I wasn't defined by my mistakes and my failures. I had learned prior to that fall who I was in Christ, you know, and that made all the difference in the world. So instead of succumbing to the shame, to the guilt, to the condemnation, to the belief that man, I'm stuck and I'm trapped and this is just how my life is always going to be, man, I possessed the Holy Spirit this time. So that was empowering. That was encouraging. That was uplifting. I knew that I could get up and move. I knew that I could get up yes. and do something, and I didn't just have to say, well, this is just my life, and this is how it's going to be. I remembered the encounter with God that I had. I remembered the verses that I had learned whenever I was at S2L the first time. I remembered who God said I was, and that changed everything for me. And so I quickly, I repented. I turned from that. I came back to S2L. Now there was still a lot of shame and guilt and condemnation, um, you know, self-hatred that I'm inflicting upon myself. The Lord is not doing any of these things towards me. They're coming from self and, and the enemy, you know? Um, and so I ended up leaving. Early and going back and doing the very same thing. Now, sanctification is a process, the process of dying of self daily. Um, it takes practice. You know, these things aren't just learned in a moment. And because I had one encounter with God, now I learn how to live a godly life every second of every day, every yeah. minute of every hour. No, that's not how it works. There's trial and error. Like you said, there's grace and there's mercy that comes along with following God yeah. and praise God for that. But one thing, man, that I knew, and it's the first verse I ever memorized was 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it says no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he's provided the way of escape that mm-hmm. you may be able to endure it. And I would recite this verse, man, and I would remember this verse and God would bring it to my remembrance. And it's like, OK, I'm not stuck. I'm not trapped. In fact, God has provided the way of escape that yes. I may be able to endure it. Um, man, I've got to continue to push forward. I've got to continue to Continue to seek the things of God. And first and foremost, man, I've got to humble myself. I've got to humble myself. I've got to do what I don't want to do and do what is best for me. And if that is call these men for the third time and say, Hey, I'm a jackleg. I messed up again, but God, and I know that's not who I am. I've experienced freedom. I've tasted freedom, man. I know that it's possible. Although I went back to my own ways, Your man, own I know. I know that's not who I am. I know freedom is possible because I tasted it. And so I had to humble myself and do what, I knew I needed to do. And that's not an easy call to make to you guys. That's not an easy thing. Confession to make to my own family. Like, Hey, I need to go back to this place a third time. I know, you know, it quote unquote, didn't work the first two times, but man, only I knew what was happening spiritually. Only I knew the encounters with God. I had only, I knew what God was doing in my heart in the midst of even the turmoil I had found myself back in. And so I knew, man, I've got to get back there. There's something else there. I know God's not done with me. And so I came back and man, I don't know. I, it was just a submission, man. I was ready. I was ready to give God everything. I had given him 25 percent. Then I'd given him 50 percent. Then I'd given him 70 percent. Then I, And I didn't I don't say these things audibly, but that's how I would live. Yeah. I was ready to just give God everything. Lord, I can't serve self and you. I've got to pick one, Lord, and I choose to serve you and walk in your ways. And uh, man, it made all the difference in the world and the amount of time I gave myself to continuously be around brothers in Christ and people who could mentor me and disciple me and teach me um, and walk in that for a substantial amount of time. Um, it was extremely beneficial to who I am today.
1: That's so important, guys. Y'all need to understand and hear what he just said, obviously, just with his vulnerability It took him three to, He came back to the same rehab three times, and he went to rehabs and, and things before he came here. Mm-hmm. So it was just life of this, and I want you to hear that. Put your pride down because here's what happens when you submit to God and you, you're just humbled and you do that, and he said all these things are hard, and he gets it. But look what God can do. Five years plus mm-hmm. walking in freedom from not having to make those silly phone calls that he hates. Spoke at his college graduation recently because his peers and his teachers thought that he represented his college class, graduating class. High-tier leadership at a ministry. Top-tier leadership at a ministry. Leading men, coaching men, leading staff, leading interns, leading students. And just his life is so much different. Know that that can be you too and know that he's been where you've been. Like swallow the pride, get help. Man, this is the 15th time I've relapsed. I can't do it. He gets it. I get it. You can do it. If he can do it, man, you can do it. And I want to show the full circle there. He mentioned something about conviction. And we've been defining terms of worldly and, and mm-hmm. godly. And, and I was just, as you are saying that, I wanted, here's what the difference is that he was talking about. And this is 2 Corinthians 7. Uh, verse 10, for godly grief produces a repentance that mm. leads to salvation mm. without regret, whereas worldly grief, worldly conviction, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, it produces death. That's the one right there, that's it. For see mm. what earnestly this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves. And the last verse Mm. I had that I was going to say was in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm all over 2 Corinthians today. Come on. It says, so we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. If you're feeling that shame, you messed up for the 50th time. You're Man, you're just, instead of telling your wife this afternoon, you're going to go get some more dope or you're going to go take another shot. Instead of making things right, you're going to just keep numbing. Hear this. Hear this. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. My brother, my sister. This light, momentary affliction. Make the right decision. Have the godly grief. Do what it's intended to do if you walk in obedience in confession and repentance. It produces salvation without regrets. The light momentary affliction fiction it's, it's, it's preparing something for you it's preparing an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison this moment now. Do not lose heart. press in, do the right thing, reach out you're not, you're not a white chipper you're still a, a, a man or woman of God that made a mistake. Have godly grief, repent reach out for help, and let's get past this. Let's let this moment of affliction do what it's intended to do, and that's to prepare for you a weight of glory beyond all explanation, beyond all comparison. Hmm. Final thoughts.
2: Yeah, I mean, and even understand whenever you mess up, man, Jesus is still king. Jesus is still sitting at the right hand oh, of the father. That doesn't king change. Jesus. I am still a child of God, regardless of my mistakes. Now, like you said, does that mean we just continue in sin? No, Romans six one. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul by says, no by means. no means. And we're not saying that. But, man, there is grace when it comes um, to overcoming addiction just in general or whatever sin that plagues you, whatever sin that it is you struggle with. Uh, and there's grace that's involved with it. But Jesus is still king. And I just remembered, man, whenever I would relapse after knowing God, it was it was supernatural. It was just different about how I viewed myself. Did did it suck? Did I have some shame? Did I have some guilt? Did I have some condemnation? Yes. But I know those things weren't from God. And I remembered who God said I was. And therefore, I don't need to beat myself up, man. I need to get up. I need to press on. And I need to continuously pursue the things of God. The Lord gave me the ability to see... You know, and anybody who comes to the Lord, man, if you struggle from a life of addiction, man, you see addiction through a biblical lens. You see it as Christ versus sin. It's not Ryan versus addiction. Like Christ has overcome these things, man. He, he, he battled that and fought that and won and we have victory in Jesus name. So I no longer saw addiction as like, I have to fight this under my own willpower, my own work ethic, my own devotion, my own strength, my own, these things, man, because that's a fight that I know deep down. If that's how I'm fighting it, dude, I'm going to lose. Now, we may not admit that we may not confess that, but man, we know we're fighting a losing battle. But once I could see it as Christ versus sin and my job is obedience and surrender and submission, man, that gives me hope. Like, okay, wait, I I can beat it like that. I'm positive if I can submit and surrender my will for his and I can fall under his authority and allow him to fight those battles on my behalf. Dude, I can win that. Cool, I can win that. In fact, it's already been won, but I've got to fight like it's already been won. I don't need to fight like I have to conquer this myself. And so, man, when, it, when you really learn how to fight addiction spiritually, biblically, that is when you learn how to overcome and find
1: freedom. Yes, yes, and become a biblical man. Check out last episode. Here it is. You ready? <laughs> From leaders of the relapse game to stop playing games and just becoming leaders of men. That's Life After Addiction, and you better believe it, baby. Come
0: on, let's go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life After Addiction. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Studio. For more Christ-centered addiction recovery resources, please visit s2l.net. That's S, the number two, L.net. For more information about S2L's licensed and accredited residential program, please visit S2LRecovery.org. That's S, the number two, LRecovery.org.
1: We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of their faith centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today and God bless. Feeling
0: stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.